Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode 43 of the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and thanks for listening. Remember in-person national meetings? What an experience to cross a hotel lobby and see pharmacist colleagues and student pharmacists everywhere. I connected with today's podcast guest at the ASHP summer meeting in Boston, Massachusetts for one of those lobby catch-ups a couple of years ago in before times. We recently reconnected during a virtual meeting celebrating Women Pharmacists Day. Well, now on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Kimber Booth. Kimber and I are gonna be discussing many things, including her experiences as an entrepreneur and entrepreneur and integrating life and career. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Kimber and then also let her tell you about herself, her career and her many varied experiences in life in general. Kimber Booth is a proud pharmacy graduate of the University of Connecticut School of Pharmacy and Medical University of South Carolina College of Pharmacy, and currently is a strategic pharmacy enterprise consultant and founder and CEO of the Kimber Booth Group. She has spent the majority of her pharmacy career in health systems and the pharmaceutical industry. Kimber has been described as a connector and pharmavator. And a fun fact, Kimber also is the host of the Connector Life podcast. Looking forward to learning more. Well, Kimber, thanks for being here with me today. And as we get started, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, about your family, and your pharmacy experience at the University of Connecticut School of Pharmacy. Fantastic. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Melissa, and I'm so glad that we have, you know, connected at those events and do look forward to future in-person events. I have definitely enjoyed my pharmacy career and growing up in pharmacy, starting with my desire to go into pharmacy school from, from high school. Luckily, because my dad saw that it was an up-and-coming career, top jobs in the U.S. News and World Report. And so I was able to get accepted to the University of Connecticut from high school. I had to do a post-bac PharmD because uh, UConn did not have the PharmD at the time. And I was able to do that down in South Carolina and then went on to do residency training at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. So I enjoyed all my time uh, there and have since worked in a variety of settings in in health systems and uh, the pharma industry. I have lived up and down kind of the East Coast from from childhood with my dad um, moving us for various career reasons. Uh, to my my PharmD program and residency, and then I actually went to live near my dad down in St. Petersburg, Florida, for a few years when I worked in the pharma industry. And so I, I do say I've lived in almost every state uh, on the East Coast. And ironically, though, now I do live in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, because my husband's job took us here a few years ago, which has also been a great experience uh, for my first time truly inland, as I like to say. I want to give a shout out to our Cincinnati friends. Um, We had uh, Janelle Sabaka um, with University of Cincinnati on early on in the podcast and recently had Mary Ellis Bennett from the Ohio pharmacy family. And so 
lots of love for the pharmacy family in Ohio. And, you know, I know living up and down the East Coast, you very much experienced all the different weather patterns and things like that. And we here um, in the Midwest, uh, specifically in Iowa, uh, are experiencing a blast of winter. Our ginkgo tree, we have a ginkgo in our front yard, dropped its leaves. So that gives you a sense of how cold, how cold it got in the um, last couple of days. But I also wanna give a shout out when we talk about these pharmacy connections to our mutual friend, Angela Cassano, who, you know, and we've talked about Angela on earlier podcasts, both with um, Wendy Weber and with Jan Skelton, but Angela's been a longtime um, friend of both of ours. And I worked very closely with her at PTCB. So look forward to having her on down the road. And I'm so grateful that she, I believe she's the one that connected us together, I don't know, many years ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Angela is definitely one of my, Closest friends, great mentor and inspiration for me where we were together in pharmacy school. While not at the same school, we connected through the American Pharmacists Association Academy of Students of Pharmacy. And then luckily we did match together. We did our residencies together in Richmond, where of course she stayed um, and I moved back home to Connecticut. Um, but yeah, great connection there. Jan, I spent when I did do a rotation at APHA as a student, I did that with Jan. And so, yeah, wonderful family there of, of mentors that have inspired me for sure. Well, that is a great segue, a beautiful segue, actually, for us to like dive a little deeper. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, how you got to where you are today. Let's jump in about some of those mentors or influencers, both pre and post pharmacy school. Yeah, well, that's great. I had an opportunity recently, very exciting. Um, my first book is coming out and it's called Pharmavation and it builds upon some of the stuff I've been doing and I'm sure we'll get to some of that. But I, I had a chance to sit down and, and write my acknowledgments and it was, it was so touching and amazing to really think back about all the people who have touched me and supported me along the way. You know, I remember when I won an award with the Connecticut Pharmacists Association and I told the story and I, I may not remember it specifically, but you talk about, you know, how did the turtle get on the defense post? And it's like, well, of course, the turtle did not get there by itself. So it had help. And when I do think back at uh, all the people that have have inspired me, you know, so I've definitely acknowledged, of course, my my family and some of my closest friends. And then, you know, I do think about my career leaders, mentors, and partners, and that, you know, ranges from people I've worked with, you know, directly in, in organizations to people like Jan, who I have been worked with in various uh, volunteer capacities, Marianne Ivey, who's been a wonderful health system pharmacy mentor and leader that has supported me also as a, as a mentor. And then I also think about other people who have been these metapreneurs uh, or entrepreneurial uh, pharmacists, since I have now ventured from entrepreneurship, working in organizations to being my own entrepreneur. I've you know, learned from, from people like Anna Garrett and Michelle Fritch and Sue Paul, who, who've started their own businesses and now are helping other pharmacists to be uh, entrepreneurs. And then I think about just inspirational pharmacy leaders who have, while I may not have been a direct mentor of them, you know, I've, you know, touched base with them at conferences. I follow them 
I look at what they're they're writing and what they're presenting because they are just leading the way to help us advance pharmacy. That's one of the reasons I have liked national meetings. Uh, I used to say when I was asked when I was running for an office um, with the Academy of Students of Pharmacy, they said, if you know, if you could do one thing in this position, you know, what would you do? Resources were unlimited. I said, well, I would make sure that everybody could go to a national conference because I just have seen how how valuable uh, that is. So you touched on, you know, so many interesting threads there that I'm just going to unpack a little bit. First of all, a shout out related to your acknowledgments, you know, when you were working on your book. And I love, love, love that you shared the Alex Haley quote, the, the turtle on the fence post. And I remember um, years ago when John Gans received, I think it was the Whitney Award, he used that quote, you know, and, and I think for so many of us, we recognize those that have lifted us up, have inspired us. So, you know, there's just such beauty in that. And, you know, a shout out to the many people that you described, Marianne Ivy. I mean, I just know that anytime I'm in her presence, her iconic status and what she's done in the health system world and she's, uh, her engagement in FIP and international pharmacy and, you know, just really appreciate that. And then some of the entrepreneurs that you described, Sue Paul and others, really, really neat. And then I think the other thing that that is helpful for our community is that you can look up to people or, you know, see them at annual meetings and they can inspire you through, you know, you seeing their work either in a presentation or an article they've published or through, I mean, we know that social media and then I think a, um, a positive kind of silver lining of the last 18 months is there's been so many more virtual meetings. And so, you know, you can connect with people in a chat or offline through LinkedIn, maybe in ways that we didn't before. And it, could, it can sometimes be a little less intimidating. So, you know, I think a pearl that I would share, and, I, and my sense is you would echo this, if there is someone, I mean, it's very nerve wracking. And I remember the first time, you know, like, at meetings when you go up to someone who you've admired or you know who wrote a book that you used in pharmacy school, Marianne Cota Kimball comes to mind for me. But right. they're very receptive to meeting with students, residents, emerging leaders, and just sharing wisdom. So I guess, wouldn't you say, maybe just go for it? Absolutely. I definitely encourage people, you know, and to invite people to a virtual coffee chat, you know, reaching out like on LinkedIn. And I love when people do that with me. I actually have it and I can easily tell them, you know, go to my my website and contact page and you can just book a call with me to to chat. But I, I encourage people to, to do that and I do that myself. And I do hope that I can be leaving an impact on people now who are following me, reaching out to me, that I can be an inspiration, you know, to them as well. Well, you definitely are inspiring. And, you know, your pharmacy and healthcare leadership journey is interesting. And, you know, we love to have those kind of stories on the Melissa Rx Pips podcast. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about kind of how that evolved. And I know there were certain things that you were doing as a side hustle along the way. What did it look like? Yeah. So, you know, the, this term of entrepreneur has, has is a little bit newer. You know, it's, it's actually officially in the dictionary, but it's kind of you know, being entrepreneurial and innovative within an organization. And so from early on in my pharmacy career after residency, I think I was just always very excited about pharmacy, very bold, trying to advance pharmacy. So it's always been a passion from my volunteer leadership work to my organization. So 
you know, early on, soon after my residency, within a couple of years, I was justifying another position. At the time, I was a cardiology pharmacist covering lots of patients, lots of nursing units, and we needed to add another pharmacist. So that was when I wrote like my first business plan, worked with our you know director of pharmacy to help establish and create a new position, which allowed me then to take on more of a senior specialist role where I could actually create a P&T cardiology subcommittee and I could do more projects to advance the care that, that we desired there. So from then, I always kind of had this bug. And so then I also did start my master's in health administration at the time to continue to hone that because my goal definitely was to become a director of pharmacy. And during that time, I uh, had those opportunities within the, the health system to be advancing things. We started an internal medicine residency. We were doing things with med reconciliation, which was very exciting. This was <laughs> before we did have a computerized physician or entry, but it wasn't as robust for sure as they are today. So I enjoyed that. Admittedly, then I did, for personal reasons, I did leave the health system and I went to pharma for 10 years. I ended up staying with pharma for 10 years um, in field roles and in other leadership roles in the medical affairs part of the pharma company, which was amazing. I really owe so much of my development to that pharma company because they were so supportive in terms of me having a coach, mentors, leadership development programs, And I learned a lot of strategy there because when you do learn, you work for a for-profit company, which very positive things that they do there, but there has to be decisions when you have stockholders and decisions need to be done in a, in a certain way and you have to move a little bit faster. So I just learned so much strategy there and also did do business plans to create positions there. Uh, and really just enjoyed that. But at the end of the day, I was missing healthcare and health systems. So about seven years ago, I was working with my own coach. I pretty much always have my own coach in terms of an executive type coach. Now I have more of a, a business coach, depending on what my development goals are at the time. So I, working through that and what my goals were, I did a lot that, that winter break. So I had a few weeks off and I really, I decided that I was not necessarily going to stay in pharma. Uh, I wanted to go back either to health system or a health IT company. You know, I just was ready to do something different. But at the same time, I also had this entrepreneurial bug. I had had a file full of business ideas <laughs> that I had come up with through the years. And I became aware of this thought leader or knowledge expert influencer is, is sometimes what people call it, but it's where you can support people with your knowledge. So at that same time, seven years ago, I created my business, the Kimber Booth Group, which yes, has been a side hustle until two years ago when I was able to make it a, a full-time thing. But my goal at that time was to really support people with some of my expertise, the things that people came to me for. So people came to me for career development, for project management, for strategy. And so those were some of the things that I wanted to help people with, either through coaching or consulting or creating training and, and courses on. So that's kind of how it, it started when I created my side hustle. 
Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so important for our listeners in our community to hear, especially if you think about now that we see all this stuff on social media related to like, all right, someone's going to start a business and boom, it's there. And, you know, I was just listening to a podcast with two entrepreneurs and they both talked about the nonlinear path of how many things didn't work or what their side hustle looked like or how they set it up. And I think the other thing that I'm, you know, reflecting on that you shared is that you yourself have a coach. And I think having a coach or like a kitchen cabinet or a squad that supports you and you can bounce ideas off of and, you know, talk about big picture things is really important. And when I reflect back, thinking about you and I connecting in that hotel lobby in Boston, I just remember the excitement, you know, when you and Angela and I caught up and it was like, all of a sudden you started talking about your new venture. And so what's a typical day like for you? And then how has your business changed or evolved during the pandemic? Yeah, great question. So from the time when I started it, you know, definitely very small and I was coaching a few people and it wasn't even focused on pharmacy, honestly. I, I, you know, I was kind of very open and, and broad um, and then it was actually in 2018 at the, the Metapreneurs Conference, actually, this pharmacist entrepreneurs conference that I'm like, you know, what am I doing? Like my passion is pharmacy. I had had some great success with doing strategic business plans. So, so when I did decide back then when I created my business, I also did leave pharma and I went back to Yale Haven Health to be the director of clinical services. And I was able to put into action some strategic business plans that my first combined business plan, we added over, you know, 50 positions, that's five zero positions from, you know, pharmacists, residents, technicians to really advance practice. Mostly the first plan was in acute care. And then the next year we did the ambulatory care plan, which had multiple positions added over a, a several year period. So I had had, you know, those successes and people were asking me to share that. So I decided, you know, in 2018, I'm like, well, I'm going to focus this on pharmacists. And that's actually when I came up with the name Pharmavation uh, was at that meeting. And when I decided, well, I need to teach this, you know, I really wanted to help other people create these positions. Because even back then, there's still burnout, people being asked to do more with less. And that's definitely gotten worse in the pandemic. But I wanted to help other organizations share that. So that's why I created my program, Pharmavation, which I'm now making available in my in a book, which teaches people how to advocate for resources to advance practice, but also how they can accelerate their pharmacy career. So during that time, again, definitely doing that on the side, we had relocated here to the greater Cincinnati area. I was able to take on a a system director of pharmacy, chief pharmacy role, which again, was wonderful experience for me and got to do some strategic business plans to kind of, uh, it's almost like a research project to implement what I had learned in my prior organization and and replicate and say, we can do this we can create bold business plans that justifies advancing pharmacy services, which helps us to to support the quadruple aim. So during that time I was doing on the side, I had, you know, some, some coaching clients, some small consulting clients where I was helping health systems to write their own strategic plan. And then I had people taking my course, Pharmavation. But then luckily, there was enough things that lined up towards the end of 2019, where I had clients who wanted me to work with them more. 
And I had, you know, coaching clients, I had people in my course, that I was able to leave my my full time job. And it seems funny to say it, but become a full time entrepreneur, so that I could have more impact. Uh, You know, I definitely had support from other leaders, other entrepreneurs who were encouraging me to do this, that while I love my position, I wanted to be able to support more people. And to do that, I needed to kind of step outside. And since January 2020, that's what I've been doing. Uh, My typical, those first few months, I was definitely traveling to a variety of health systems to do, you know, some of the kickoff meetings, again, where we're, we're looking at helping support their strategic plan, writing business plans, and then helping to implement new services. Since the pandemic, that has pretty much turned all virtual, um, which, you know, actually has been good for me uh, and to show my client health systems that, you know, I don't have to be in person. I can do some of this virtually and support them and still have a very effective impact with them. So in general, you know, I when I think about my week and I think about most of my time is on consulting, which is more of a kind of done with you or done for you, where health systems pay me as an independent contractor to do work for them, where again, I'm usually either helping to do their strategic plan, a strategic plan retreat facilitation, or then writing business plans to provide the resources for some of that strategy uh, and also implement it. I also do one-on-one coaching more for career coaching for people who want to advance their careers. And I've actually been helping people who want to be an entrepreneur as well. So I'm helping a little bit on both sides. Uh, And then I do provide the online courses and memberships where people can do those programs kind of on their own, the learnings, the video trainings, but then we come together like on live group calls to help them implement it. So that is a way for them to learn how to make an effective strategic plan or business plan or career development plan, but then still get that facilitated feedback, both for me and other students who are taking those programs. So I'm hearing your focus on intentionality, you know, throughout your career and related to kind of your North Star, the bigger picture of where you're going, and then also impact and the ability to scale. And I I like that when you talked about the impact that you were having within a specific health system, but then by looking at this in a broader way, by creating jobs or creating opportunities or through consulting, you were able to scale it in greater impact. And then the training that you're doing right now is very, very interesting through the online courses and the books. So, you know, it's just interesting to think about the different methods and ways that you can move some of these things forward. And you talked about growing things and creating jobs. And I've heard you say, you know, your motto of pharmacy can do more with more. And things just are changing, you know, so much. If you look at, I'm just smiling thinking about, and you probably are too, I guess now, that you launched in early 2020, which was right before the, as you know, they say in Hamilton, the world turned upside down, you know, and everything that you've seen over that. So, you know, is there anything that we haven't covered related to the business itself that you want to share with our listeners? I think, you know, for me, it, it, it is a lot about the mindset of what I'm trying to teach in terms of that bold um, accountability for the medication use process. And I do think that that has been highlighted even more, you know, during the pandemic and pharmacists, rightly so, are, are getting more credit in terms of their involvement in healthcare overall. 
Um, but there's still a lot more we can do because we are still just often asked to do more with less. So, you know, those are some of the things that I have done. I will say that, you know, some of the ways that I've been able to be successful at this has been to be strategic about my own time. I have hired virtual assistants. I have that up to full time. I have house cleaning. I have other support. Um, I have support from my husband that allows me to have the balance that, that I need so that I can be practicing at the top of my ability, just like I promote for my pharmacy innovation, you know, pharmacists and technicians, uh, we should be practicing at the top of our licenses and certifications. I try to employ that same thing within my, my business and my life. And I try to delegate things that I am not uniquely qualified or, you know, not required to do. And that has helped me a lot for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when you talk about like innovation, it really needs to be holistic. And, you know, also, I mean, I think the things that you just touched on and we can chat a little bit more about that is really about like designing your life and, you know, integrate, we talked about integrating life and career in, in your intro. And, you know, I know you have two children and, you know, the family and career are so important. So you mentioned house cleaning and then um, the virtual assistant and for sure, support of your husband. And we've talked in the past about how important a supportive partner or family system or just system of support, no matter what that looks like is important. Are there any other things you want to share, like tips or tactics that you currently use? Or the other thing is sometimes there's something that maybe you thought would be helpful that ended up being a bust, but that that's also interesting to our community to learn from. Yeah, definitely having this um, integration of life and career is, is important. And I, I try to simplify and I score myself on these like four quadrants. And, and I learned this method during one of my development trainings down in North Carolina once where I think about my life in these four quadrants. So I do think about myself, family and friends I group together, and then definitely career, business, and then community. And while I'm calling them quadrants, I actually usually draw it as a Venn diagram because these circles of these pieces of your life, the more that they can overlap. So doing community stuff, volunteer work, like with the trails, with my kids, or mission work that I'm also getting my kids involved, but I'm also supporting medical needs of our communities. Those are ways that I just, I try to overlap those quadrants of my life. I think other things that I try to do are definitely try to automate as much as possible where this can be done. So I started this many years ago, actually, when I was first pregnant, you know, using delivery from the grocery store, not going to the grocery store. I also do things like I don't address envelopes. I use online programs like Shutterfly to send my my holiday cards. Oh, yeah. Um, and other tools like that to just automate and find things. And there's things all the time that I think we, if we can capture it, there are things that we can either delegate or automate through technology to make it more efficient. And so that has allowed me to focus on my family and have family time. One of the things we have incorporated, we play a game every night at dinner. And it's usually, it's usually kind of a conversation starter game where we have cards or there can be games where we do like telephone game, memory games, people have to close their eyes and we hide something on the table. So just trying to do fun things every day with the family, in addition to the bigger events that of course we, we try to plan. 
Yeah, I like that everyday thing. And I, it makes me reflect back to when I had Nancy Bell on and she talked about a joy list and these small things. Yes, of course, you know, down the road, you might be looking for, you know, a big vacation or a milestone birthday or anniversary, but it's really like the little things where it's a nice cup of tea or a fun game with your kids or going out and um, tracking as the leaves are falling. You know, it's just stuff like that, that really brings such joy and meaning to our lives, you know, how we live our days. You and I could just keep going for sure. But our time together is drawing to a close. And on the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast, on each episode, I ask this question. While I have you, is there one prescription or life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx Scripts? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the, the topics that's uh, near and dear to me is about being bold and strategic. And my word of the year last year was bold. Uh, my word of the year this year has been connect. So my main prescription is for people to be bold and strategic. And I want people to be bold and strategic, both in their careers and regardless of what level they're at, whether they're a big L or a little L, as Sarah White often speaks about, but also to be bold with their life and being strategic about you know what they want to do, where they want to be, these kind of things, what do they want to incorporate? So my main recommendation and prescription is to be bold and strategic with your life and career. Be bold and strategic. I just, just love that. And that, you know, taking a holistic big picture view with your life and career. Wow, wow, wow. Kimber, thanks so much for spending time with me today. And I just can't wait for us to be able to gather together again and to see each other either in a hotel lobby or you know often there's a lot of connections and hookups in the starbucks line at the convention center if you remember that so i just look forward to those times you know happening again this is the melissa rx groups podcast and i want to thank our listeners and encourage you to follow us on social media i want to say a special shout out and thank you to kate cruz my producer with executive podcast solutions who helps make the magic happen thanks so much for listening Thank you, Melissa. It was wonderful being here. I truly enjoyed it and appreciate all you're doing with this podcast and all of your leadership in pharmacy.